Welcome to the CBA Grain Exchange Podcast. This is your host, Luke Beckman, Grain Sales Manager for Central Valley Ag. During this podcast, we dissect the latest USDA updates and discuss other key market features. Every month, you will hear from different members of the CBA Grain Team on what trends we are seeing in the marketplace and solutions to current marketing challenges. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the CVA Green Exchange. I'm your host, Luke Beckman. It's April 9th today. We're sitting here with Susan Bostwick, a grain specialist for Central Valley Ag out of Laurel, Nebraska. We're going to dive into the April supply and demand report today. We are a week removed from the planning intentions uh, numbers and the grain stocks report from the end of March that gave the market a little bit of a bullish surprise today, incorporating demand and supply revisions. Uh, for the overall balance sheets by the World Ag Board. So excited to have Susan here. Susan, welcome to the CVA Grain Exchange. Hi, Luke. Nice to be here today. Well, Susan, tell us a little bit about your background. I grew up in a small town in northeast Nebraska and have always lived in the country. My family and I live on a farm west of Ponca, Nebraska. I entered the grain marketing world in 2007 working in an ethanol plant. I moved to an elevator facility in Northeast Nebraska in 2017, and currently I am with the CVA co-op in Laurel and Bow Valley. Well, Susan, you certainly got some experience. You've, now, you've had some years here in the last uh, 13, is it? We've seen some volatility. You've kind of ridden through some of that before, so this is old hat for you, isn't it? It a little bit, but it's never old. There's always things that surprise you. That's right. Well, we're always learning in the grain business, and uh, yeah, this year's had uh, been quite the roller coaster. But I guess on that note, you know, Susan, you are new to the cooperative system, been in the grain business a while, but the co-op system is new to you. How does that compare to what you expected it to be? To me, the co-op means working together. The co-op industry, the co-op is the grain industry's version of like a one-stop shop. It has everything you need to have a successful farming operation. Having a grain specialist and an agronomist work together to help the producer create a plan for his operation is just one good example of what a co-op is. Yeah, and you know, that is the unique piece is, is uh, what you said, coming together to really produce value, you know, for our patrons is what we're about and, and the example you're giving on the agronomy end and the grain end, but uh, we are farmer owned and that's an important thing to remember, especially in a world that continues to go global uh, with with large corporations. So the cooperative system as valuable as ever uh, being involved in the food supply chain like we are. Well, Susan, excited to get your thoughts here on the on the April WASD. So let's dive into the numbers. Um, supply and demand estimates today, the market was looking for the corn carryout to get smaller uh, and soybeans uh, relatively unchanged. And uh, the market pretty much hit the mark uh, with that today. So looking at the corn balance sheet, corn carryout was trimmed 150 million bushels down to 1.352 billion. Uh, it was kind of a, a demand bumps across the board. It wasn't all exports. And I think the market was looking for a big export jump today. Those were up 75 million bushels to 26.75. But we also got bumps to ethanol demand. That was up 25 million bushels. Feed and residual uh, was also up 50. So between the three categories, we gain 150 million bushels in demand, carry out drops accordingly, 
and uh, you've got stocks to use at 9.15%. So we we finally dipped below the 10% level on stocks to use, which is which is kind of a key number. Uh, when we look at the global revisions, uh, Brazilian corn estimates, USDA was at 109 million metric tons. That's unchanged. And uh, Argentina was down just a half a million metric tons. So maybe not as friendly on the global front was looking for maybe a little more of a cut in South America with some of the issues there. Uh, the safrina crop got in late. It's a little bit dry as we speak. And uh, Argentina certainly had some challenges. Uh, that was really about the only disappointing thing. Uh, but beyond that, uh, the corn numbers about as expected. Susan, what are your thoughts on today's numbers? Well, Luke, having two major reports come out only a week apart, kept some of the numbers not quite such a shock today. Corn stocks were down 150 million bushels to that 1.352 billion. Export volumes, though, were noteworthy and raised 75 million bushels. This was a new record high, pointing to surging livestock demand. The ethanol industry is showing signs of recovery from the pandemic, leading to some lower corn stock numbers and demand for the summer months continuing to grind 96 million bushels a week. Yeah, you know, the demand picture really does look good. And I think as you glean through today's numbers, you know, there's some folks really calling for export demand to be even higher. And I think when we got the 150 million bushel reduction today, you know, just sitting here looking at the numbers, you would be encouraged by that because if there is additional export demand to come, you know, 1.352 just continues to get smaller uh, right. in subsequent reports. So uh, some pretty good data today. We'll keep an eye on South America too, because I mean, really, if Safrina corn uh, becomes an issue, you're going to see that 109 million metric ton number that Brazil's got that the USDA kept unchanged today, that number would get smaller as well. So I, I guess thinking about it, and we did see the markets uh, kind of had a poor finish today. You know, after the numbers, we, we went up and found new highs in May corn, old crop corn, and uh, new crop corn. Uh, that was at 503 and three quarters. Finished just a penny and three quarters higher in the new crop at 496 and a half. Actually, May corn finished two and a half lower. So not a great finish for corn today. What do you make of that, Susan? Well, I think it was just a little bit of lagging there at the end, but I think the extra demand from the end users is going to keep prices in the green for the producer for the next few weeks. Okay. Well, uh, if you're a producer here, uh, what's kind of the what's kind of the next move that you might consider here, Susan? The next move, probably, I would just stay really proactive and stay ahead of the market rather than reactive to the market. Yeah, you're going to have some ideas for us on how to do that. We'll maybe dive into that after we talk about soybeans. But let's uh, let's go ahead and transition over to the bean market. And these numbers maybe not as friendly today. Now the market kind of had that I wouldn't call it outright bearish stocks report, but if you do remember, stocks numbers came in higher than estimates a week ago. And when we talk about the soybean balance sheet, that really gets into the residual category, which is really a funky category. Uh, that allows them to make adjustments based on stocks report uh, measurement discrepancies versus crop size. And so going into today's report, the market was anticipating maybe a slight cut to the carryout from 120 down to 118 million bushels. Carryout ended up being unchanged today. 
Uh, crush demand was down 10, exports were up 30 million, and seed and residual categories, uh, the combination of those two were down 19 million bushels with most of that coming in the form of reduced residual demand. So net-net, carryout doesn't change uh, for soybeans. Average farm price up a dime to 11.25, stocks to use stays at 2.63%. So no changes to the domestic balance sheet. I think where the market was a little bit negative all day following the numbers was in the South American estimates. Uh, market was expecting a slight cut to Brazilian uh, crop size and the USDA bumped that from 134 to 136 million metric tons. So Brazil, Brazil's crop getting bigger according to the USDA and Argentina was left unchanged at 47.5. Additionally, Chinese crush volumes were down uh, 2 million metric tons, uh, really citing African swine fever concerns. So Susan, a lot of uh, information there about today's numbers. What are some of the big hitters that you're seeing currently in the marketplace? The USDA largely left the U.S. soybean stocks unchanged in today's reports. There were a few minor adjustments from the December 1st report and a few adjustments made for extra Chinese export demand during Brazil's shipping delays. The current marketing year's crush volume remains at a record high of 2.19 billion bushels, but tightening margins for livestock and poultry feeders, as well as lingering uncertainty in the supply chain amid the pandemic recovery could reduce feed demand going forward. The push for biodiesel remains hot, so dwindling stock could limit the sector's short-term growth. Knowing that, I mean, what do you what do you make for price direction here, Susan? I mean, a lot of good information there. We finished lower today. I mean, what's your what's your gut on the, the soybean market after today's reports? I just think with the Brazil market hitting the marketplace and the U.S. supply tight, um, I think we'll see prices maybe hang steady to just a little bit lower in the next few weeks. What about on the new crop side? You know, a week ago, we really saw, obviously, soybean acres really at a level that just don't work. The balance sheet's just too tight, you know, based on where those new crop acres came in. Um, you know, this was more of an old crop issue today that led to beans, you know, finishing 12 lower thoughts on, on the November contract and new crop bean direction here in the next 30 days. New crop beans in the next 30 days, I think are going to stay pretty steady with the lower acres being planted. Um, of course, depending upon how planting goes and what acres actually end up going towards soybeans will be a final factor in that. Yeah, they, you know, to your point, I mean, we're not going to know, we're not going to know what gets planted, of course, uh, the market should be, uh, you know, as you look at new crop corn and new crop beans kind of really battling it out to make sure that we secure acres if we kind of have an open look at getting in the field, you know how the producer loves to plant corn, uh, it would sure feel like favorable weather would almost be encouraging to new crop soybean prices, just thinking that more corn acres get planted in place of beans. What are your thoughts on that? Definitely, yes. Like you said, the producer, the farmers do like to plant corn. And um, just depending upon weather during the planting season, you know, it will affect the prices on that. 
just like we saw today, you know, and beans, uh, beans were higher at one point today, 1275 um, was the high in no beans, 1275 and three quarters rather uh, would have been up to they finished a dime lower at 1263 and a quarter. But that price volatility is kind of hard to predict, you know, day to day. And especially over the next 60 days, we're going to see a lot of a lot of crazy stuff happen. I, I anticipate what's what's something that you use to help navigate that, um, Susan? I like to do that with open orders um, with the producers heading to the field. And they are always so busy and open order is a great way for them to take the stress out of their marketing while they're busy. Simply let us know a cash price that you're looking for and we can put that open order in for you. And the market trades almost 21 hours in a 24 hour period. And when you're so busy and don't have time to monitor to the markets an open order is in there working for you all those hours. It's a great way to get some marketing done. It is. And, you know, we talk about open orders is, is probably one of the most is one of the simplest and most effective tools that really exists in there for grain marketing. You know, today's an example where, uh, you know, I'm looking at March new crop, March 22 corn, the high today, five, 10 and a half. Now we saw some orders come across the screen today. Producers had open orders at five, 10 uh, off the March 22, you know, they got filled. We finished today at five Oh three and a half. So you know, we don't know what the future holds, but those orders were in and working. They caught kind of a post report uh, bullish leg higher before the market eventually faded uh, and finished the day well off its highs. So especially like you said, Susan, producers in the field, they're going to be busy. Great way to uh, execute at predetermined levels that the producer's happy with. Well, that's that's. Uh, Good information for our producers, and, and we hope that we can have those conversations here during these rain spells before they get in the field. Uh, looking ahead, Susan, you know, what are three marketing steps farmers should be thinking about as we move through April? Some marketing steps I think that would help them is to layer on some new crop sales while we're seeing some really good profits in the market right now. Um, I would think they should stay very proactive instead of reactive to the market. Make sure they have a marketing plan in place and continue to monitor the markets to work with their marketing plan. Great advice there, Susan. As we look ahead, we will be thinking about the May WASD report. This is going to be the first new crop uh, supply and demand balance sheet that we see from the USDA. Always interesting to get a look at new crop demand ideas from the USDA. Uh, we're going to have an idea of supply already, at least what that report says based on the acres we saw at the end of March and a trend line yield. So that part's already pretty well baked in. It's what are those new crop demand numbers going to say. So be sure to tune in next month as we dive into the May supply and demand report. Until then, we wish you a very safe and speedy planting season. Thanks for listening to the CVA Grain Exchange. Stay up to date on all things CVA Grain by signing up for our grain emails at cvacoop.com grain or follow us on social media at Central Valley Ag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next month, and until then, stay safe.